Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. If you still have your Bibles there, you can uh, look at those verses. And we're looking at wisdom, and, and really the, the focus is on the harvest. But I, I, I was looking at the verses, and just reading the verses, this is the kind of wisdom that, that, that I want in my life, and I think we all want in our lives. But the wisdom that is fr- first from above is first pure. You don't want a pure kind of wisdom. I want purity in my life. And, and then it says, then it's peaceable. You know, I want peace in my life. I want peace in relationships. I want peace on the, on the path. And, and uh, just because we follow the path that God has given for us doesn't mean that everything will be smooth. But wisdom gives peace. It is also gentle and, and easy to be entreated. You know, it's easy to get along. It's easy to uh, get along with somebody who has wisdom. And, and it's easier to get along with people and full of mercy And here it is, and good fruits. You know, I want some good fruits in my life. You know, it's interesting when you go to the grocery store and you you see all of the fruit and, uh, you know, different people have different methods for testing the fruit, right? You ever go into the grocery store and and you you, you look at the fruit and sometimes you you touch it and sometimes you poke it and, you know, sometimes you you smack it and you hear the sound that that comes out of it. You know, I've seen people at the grocery store, so I know people do this. And, you know, they hit the watermelon, they see how it sounds and, you know, things like that. You know, they, you know, they, they, they do all sorts of things to figure out whether it's ripe. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's easy. You look at a banana, you know exactly where it is on that scale, right? Green, yellow, spotted, you know, you know exactly where it is. But sometimes you, you, you get a piece of fruit, you think it's going to be perfect, and then you take a bite and it's really sour, right? You ever been there? Or it just doesn't taste right, it's just not good, maybe it's, there's something wrong with it. I want, some, I want some good fruits, though. And God wants you to have some good fruit, the fruit that'll be sweet, Fruit that tastes good. Fruit that you will enjoy. And God gives us the ingredient that we need for good fruit in our lives. You know what it is? It's wisdom. We need wisdom this morning, amen? We need wisdom. If you want good fruit, you need wisdom. We need to grow in wisdom. We need to gain in wisdom. And I think every single one of us knows that already. We know that we need more wisdom, right? I think every single one of us, if we were to, to somebody were to offer, hey, I'm, I'm giving you some free wisdom, I think every single one of us would say, yeah, I think I need a little bit of some more wisdom and be willing to take it. But how do we get that wisdom? It's easy to know that I need it, but how do I get it? Well, God tells us in James chapter number one, So let's turn back there in James chapter number one. I'm glad that it's in James chapter number one because that means that God gives it to us up front. He says right away, right at the very beginning of James chapter one, here we are going to talk about how we can get wisdom. I want to see three aspects to wisdom this morning as given in James chapter number one. First of all, I see the process of wisdom. I see the process of wisdom. Verse number two says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. 
God gives to us a formula. God gives to us the path, a process, if you will, for how to gain wisdom. It's interesting because here in verse number two, it begins, my brethren, count it all joy. You know, I was looking at the Christmas songs that we're going to be singing, and uh, there's a common theme between the two songs that I was looking at and chose, and it's the theme of rejoice. You know, Christmas is a season of rejoicing, right? It's a season where we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and what that represents. It represents to us God's love. It represents to us God's mercy. It represents to us God's uh, uh, salvation offered to us. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of celebration with family, right? A lot of times during Christmas season, you spend some time with family. Maybe you have family in the area, and maybe you have uh, family in other places, and you fly out to see the family, or they fly in to see you. And, and uh, you know, there's a celebration with friends here at church. We're going to have a great time of celebration. You know, those are times of joy, right? But here in verse number two, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. It sounds like James is talking about the wrong season. Sounds like he's talking about this. This doesn't sound like a season of rejoicing to me, this diverse temptations. But remember, we're looking at the harvest. You know, a farmer will look at the weather and the conditions differently, perhaps, from you and me. You know, earlier I mentioned that whenever my wife goes up to Seattle with me and we visit my family, it's always sunny. It could be summertime, it could be springtime, it could be fall season. It doesn't seem to matter. God parts the skies for my wife whenever we go to Seattle. And so every time we go, it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, we, we love sunny skies and we love the warm weather and things like that. But a farmer will look at it differently. You know, here in Southern California, you know, I enjoy not having rain for many, many days and weeks. And, my, you know, I just, you know, coming from Seattle, I feel like I got my fair share. So I want the sunshine, you know. But a farmer will look at it differently. If, if rain hasn't come for a long time, he might get a little bit concerned, right? You know, maybe somebody really enjoys hot weather and in the summer it's been really hot. and They might really enjoy that, but a farmer may look at it differently and, say, and be a little bit concerned for his crops. Hey, it's getting a little bit too hot. Maybe, maybe they're going to start wilting and withering. I need to take care of these crops. And a, a farmer will see the weather conditions and rejoice depending on how it will affect the harvest and the fruit. And for us this morning, we may look at diverse temptations and think, that doesn't sound like a time of rejoicing to me, but we can count it a joy when we fall into diverse temptations knowing the end result will be fruitful. That's why you can see a Christian going through some difficult times, going through some temptations, going through some trials, and, and have joy because they have the end in mind, knowing, hey, God's putting me through this so that I can bear some more fruit. I want to see the difficulty of this process. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. It's the same word that's used in 1 Peter chapter number 1 in verse number 6. Peter writes, wherein ye greatly rejoice. Here's that word again, rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Here is Peter, he repeats the same thing, right? Even if you go through many temptations, you can greatly rejoice. Why? Verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, God makes this comparison of us going through a trial like gold might be put through the fire. 
you know, when you pull gold out of the ground or you pull any mineral or, or different things, it, it'll be mixed in with a lot of different things. And so, you know, they, they want to purify the gold. So they'll heat it up to melt it so that the impurities will come out so they could pull it away and they could purify the gold. And that's what temptations does for us. Temptations is like God putting us through the fire so that he could soften us, so that we could have the impurities to be pulled out. You know, like I mentioned this past week, it was, it was fairly warm, right? It was 90 degrees, right? You might have even been complaining in your house and in your workplace. Oh, it's, it's pretty hot. The comparison here, though, is that God gives the, the relationship between us and gold, the way that a refiner would look at gold. In order to melt gold, you have to heat it to nearly 2,000 degrees, you got to turn the heat way up in order to melt the gold. you got to turn it way up to soften it, to liquefy it, so that the impurities that are locked inside will get pulled out. You know, that's, that's, that's why it's so important that God gives us the heat, puts us into the fire. Because if we have a hardened heart, you know what will happen? We'll hold on to those impurities. We'll hold on to that sin. We'll hold on to, this is my way. But when God puts us through the trial and God puts us through the temptations and God puts us in the fire, you know what happens? It softens us. We begin to let go of our way and we begin to let go of our sin and we begin to repent of our sin and say, God, you, I see what's going on here and I, I want something better. I want some fruit and I want some purity. For gold, you need to turn the heat up to almost 2,000 degrees. But different metals have different melting points. You know, aluminum is just over 1,000. Titanium is over 3,000. You know, and different metals have different temperatures. You know what God will do? Depending on the hardness of the metal, he'll keep turning up the temperature until it melts, until it softens. But you don't have to go that route. You know, you can soften your heart before God has to turn up the temperature. You know, you don't have to stay hardened. You don't have to say, wow, it's getting a little hotter in here. I'm going to harden up a little bit more. No, you can say, you know what? I see what's going on here. I'm going to soften up. God, what do you want from me? God, do you want me to turn from this way? God, do you want, is there a sin in my life that you want me to uh, repent of? The, hard, the harder we are, the hotter God has to turn up the temperature. And so God will put us through the fire and there's a difficulty in this process of gaining wisdom, but we can endure through the fire knowing at the end God wants to give us wisdom. So we can have joy in that. I also see the diversity of the process. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. A diversity in the process. You know, God sometimes has to use different techniques in order to soften us. Sometimes God has to give us heat from different directions in order to help us. You know, different people are affected by different things with the relationships and finances and their emotions and work stress and, and troubles and things like that. Different people are affected in different ways and, and God sometimes has to give us some different heat, uh, diverse temptations. You know, it reminds me of the story of Job. The book of Job, you know Job. You know the trials that he went through, right? At the very beginning, he's a righteous man, he's upright, he with evil, and Satan comes before God, and they have this conversation, and God says, all right, I'll let you test Job, and he will come out. And so, he tested him, 
and he, and he destroyed all of his wealth, all of his cattle. And then he killed all of his children. And think about all of the, the trials that he faced. And then he had health issues on top of that to the point where he nearly died. And he went through a lot of trials and a lot of tribulations and a lot of temptations. But we know from reading the book of Job at the end, he came out wiser for it, didn't he? He came out wiser for it. And at the end, you know what? His wealth was doubled. I think that's a representation of the fact that he grew in wisdom and God blessed him and he was more fruitful because of it. Sometimes we need to go through a diversity of temptations in the process. I also see the development of the process. Verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, that worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God wants to give us temptations in, 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 the, in the way of trials. He wants to try us. He wants to test us. And see what he's testing. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith. You know what God is looking for in your life? He's looking for faith. Do you trust God through this whole process? That's the difficulty of the trial, right? You know, when we're facing some financial difficulties and maybe God's putting us through the fire, will we still continue to trust him? You know, we know about the principle of the tithe. And maybe you've made some commitments to the missions, uh, to the missionaries at the missions conference. You made that commitment. And maybe the, the funds are flowing, the stock market is soaring, and everything seems to be going well, and you just got a big bonus and, at Christmas time, and, and everything's going well. But when things are, get tough, will you still continue to trust God? And say, so, you know what? I'm still going to tithe. I know the finances are tough in, in, in these last few months, but I, we're still going to obey God. And maybe things aren't going well in, in different areas. Maybe in your family. Maybe there's some struggles and maybe there's some strife and, and uh, there's some trouble in the home. But we're still going to trust God as much as we can. And we're going to go to church today. We're going to be faithful to the house of God. And we're still going to obey the Lord. And we're going to make sure that we continue to trust God and follow Him. There's a word that we use. It's called faith. You know, I'm always encouraged when I see people, they come every single week, that they're faithful. Because I see in that a group of people that they want some wisdom. And they're willing to endure, and they're willing to ride out the trials, and they're willing to continue to trust God and follow Him in order to get wisdom. I see that there's a development of the process. Lastly, I see the destination of the process. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, it worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. We need to let patience work it out. Some things just take time. You know, we can change some elements here and there and maybe try to accelerate the process, but growing just takes time, doesn't it? Little kids just take time. Plants, they just you, just, you just need time. You need to just continue to give it sunlight, continue to give it water, continue to give it good soil and good conditions, and it'll grow. We need to give it time. We need to be faithful. 
That's why it's so important for us to continue to be faithful, to stay on the right track. I see the process of wisdom, but I also see the petition for wisdom. I see the petition for wisdom. I see our lacking in James chapter 1, verse number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, you know, how many of us are lacking wisdom this morning? How many of us in a work situation might say, you know what, there's a situation at work that I need some wisdom in. Maybe there's a family situation, there's some, there's some strife between a husband and a wife, or maybe between some parents and some children. Maybe you need some wisdom there on how to help and how to lead and how to guide. You need some wisdom there. Maybe you need some wisdom in your finances. You need some wisdom in, in uh, all sorts of different areas. Maybe you need some wisdom. You know, there's a lot of things that we might lack. You know, there's, a, there's a, 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 the, the second company that ever hit a trillion-dollar mark. It's Amazon. And Amazon is great at selling you things, right? Don't you ever see things on Amazon that you had no idea that you needed, but the moment you saw it, you're like, yes, I do need that. I need that. I didn't even know it existed five seconds ago, but now that I see it, I realize I need that. You know, just for kicks, I, I went on Amazon, and uh, Amazon keeps track of everything that you do, right? So if you look on your app, it knows the things that you were looking for. So I, I opened up a fresh page. You know, I wasn't logged in or anything. I looked up Amazon. There's a section called Daily Deals. How many of you clicked on that, right? Be careful what you click on, okay? Right? You might look at a Daily Deal and be like, I think that, that that looks really cool. I looked up there, and I, this, is, this was just on that front page that's right there. Right? These are the list of daily deals that Amazon is saying, you need this, you should buy this. There's a leaf blower. I do not need a leaf blower in my life. If you've been to the apartment that I, there's nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing to blow around. There's a leaf blower. There were fur-lined slippers. I do not need fur-lined slippers. There was a magnetic wireless portable charger pad for the Apple Watch. I do not have an Apple Watch. I don't need that. There was something called a dual-stage masticating juicer, all right? I know what a juicer is, but I have no idea about the first three words. Dual-stage masticating. What does that mean? I don't know. But somebody might say, that looks fancy. I think I need that. You know, there's all sorts of things. There was a wireless car code reader. There was a thyroid support complex with Ida. I, all sorts of things that I just said. I looked at the whole page and I was like, these are great deals. They're 40% off, 50% off, but I don't need any of these things. But you know, there's one thing that I do know that I need and something that you all need. It's wisdom. We cannot do without wisdom if we want fruit. If you want a fruitful life, if you want a spiritually fruitful harvest, you need wisdom. And we need to recognize that. Sometimes we don't recognize the need that we might have. And that's why God gives to us his word. That's like Amazon putting it up there and saying, this is what you need. Here is what God is saying. He gives to us his word. And he says, you know what you really need as the God of the universe who knows everything? I know really what you need and what you need is wisdom. So we need to recognize our lack of wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, I like how gentle God is with that. He just said, if, if there is anybody out there that lacks wisdom, and every one of us should say, yeah, that's me. I also want to see God's listening. Let him ask 
of God. Because wisdom does not automatically come. Just because you want it doesn't mean that you'll get it. You know, it's interesting because when you're young, birthdays are very exciting things, right? When you're a little kid, you're three years old, four years old, five years old, right? What do they do? They ask their parents, when are we going to have my birthday party, right? Is there going to be cake? I want gifts, you know, are my friends coming? Who's going to be, you know, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And all of these different kinds of things. They want a birthday party. They're excited about it. They might ask about it and all of these different sorts of things. The thing that I've realized is the older I get, the less I, I hear people ask about, hey, when's my birthday party, right? When was the last 30-year-old you heard? Hey, when's, when's my birthday party, you know? It gets less and less exciting as the years go by, right? It's not quite as exciting, but... Whether you like it or not, your birthday is going to come. Every single year, without fail, your birthday will come. You may even forget that it was your birthday, but it will still be there, and you will be one year older. You know, age comes automatically, but not wisdom. You know, there are five, six, seven-year-olds that are foolish. But there are men and women that are 50, 60, 70 years old, still foolish. Just because we get older doesn't mean we get wiser. We need to ask God. We need to go to God. Say, God, I need wisdom. I want your wisdom. Will you give me wisdom? I see, thirdly, there is God's liberality. We see that God is giving. Anyone can have it. James chapter 1, verse number 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. You know, God wants to give you wisdom. God is a giving God. You know, we have restrictions on all sorts of different kinds of things, right? You know, there's a big election coming up in just a few weeks. Right, it's a midterm election. There's a lot of talk and a, a lot of articles being written and a lot, of, a lot of people saying a lot of different things about the election. But if you're going to vote, there are some restrictions on that, right? Not everybody can vote. You've got to be a certain age, right? You've got to be a certain age. You have to be a, like a citizen of, of our country. You have to live in the state, right? Even if I'm a citizen, if I'm not a resident of California, I don't get to vote here, right? I've got to vote wherever it is that I'm a resident of. There are restrictions on, on, uh, on, on voting and restrictions on all different kinds of things, on driving. If you're going to drive, you've got to be a certain age. And then you've got to take a test, and you have to pass the test, and then you have to drive and show that you could drive. There's, there's all sorts of requirements with voting. There are requirements with driving. There are requirements. And maybe at your workplace, they may have a requirement list. All right, these are the qualifications that we need. You need to have a, a degree, this kind of a degree, and you need to have this kind of work experience and have these different kinds of skills. But God wants to give everybody wisdom. There is no person that is ineligible to receive wisdom. No matter how young or old you may be. You know, we have a big range of uh, ages of people in this room. We have some younger people and we have some wiser people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Right? And you may say, somebody younger here may say, yeah, wisdom is important, but you know, when I get older, I'm sure I'll get wisdom. No, you can be wise today. You should be wise today. Amen? Wisdom is not just for people who are, who are older than you. You need wisdom today. And no matter your background, no matter your upbringing, no matter your, whether you've been to church, maybe you've been in church your entire life. 
You know, Skylar's been in church her entire life, but maybe there's somebody here today who said, you know what, this is my first time here in church. You know, God wants to give you wisdom too. You know, you don't have to come to church for 10 years before God will give you wisdom. You know, if you, if you come and you take God's word and you apply it to your heart, you could be wiser today, amen? And God wants to give you wisdom, and God is generous with his wisdom that giveth to all men liberally. God wants to give you a lot of it. God wants to give you a lot of it. Here in this world, doesn't it seem like wisdom is rare? Doesn't it feel that way? Right? When you talk to people and you talk to different folks, and doesn't it feel like wisdom is, is kind of a rare thing? I think we feel like that's why wisdom is hard to get, because we, we feel like it's rare. But it's not rare because God is stingy with it. God is generous with it. God wants to give it to everybody, and God wants to give you it abundantly. God is generous. They give it to all men liberally, and God is guaranteeing. With wisdom that give it to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him to him that will ask of God. There's a guarantee that you will get wisdom. You know, some of you may have heard about this lottery that's going on. All right, when I was in, I didn't know that this was going on, but when I was in Seattle, somebody told me about this. So I was up there, and they told me about this lottery. The jackpot is 1.6 billion dollars billion that's a lot of money a lot of people are thinking hey it's 1.6 billion dollars i could win 1.6 billion dollars some of you might be thinking that hey i didn't know about that i might don't get your hopes up, okay? The odds of winning are 1 in 302.5 million. That's not good odds. That's like somebody saying, all right, I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 302.5 million. Guess what the number is? Uh, seven. Nope. <laughs> 500,000. Nope. 300 million and... Nope. No, you're not even close. You could guess for the rest of your life and never pick the right number. You know, and it's even worse than that. I was reading that there were 800 million tickets that had been bought. 800 million tickets that had been bought. Still no winner. The odds of you winning that lottery, they're, they're impossible odds. One in 302.5 million. But you know what the odds of gaining God's wisdom is? It's not one in 302.5 million. It's not one in 100 million. It's not one in a million. It's not one in 1,000. It's not one in 10. For those that will ask of God, it is one for everyone that asks. Everyone that asks. You don't ever have to doubt, if I go to God, am I going to get wiser? God says, I guarantee you that if you come to me and you ask for wisdom, I'm going to give it to you. And I want wisdom because I want to be more fruitful. 
Thirdly, I see the purposefulness for wisdom. Verse number five says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. This seems like a strange request, or a strange instruction regarding the request. God says, if you don't have wisdom, you ask of me, and I guarantee you, you will get it. But verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed for, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Wait a second. What's going on here? Well, you have to take that whole passage in context. I want wisdom, so I'm going to ask of God. And God guarantees that I will give it to him. But he warns me, be careful what you ask for. Because let's take a look at the first verses again that we read. If you're there in James chapter 1, let's read it. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. You want wisdom? You want to be wiser? God's going to need to put you through some testing. God's going to need to turn the heat up in your life. God's going to need to turn the heat up and purify you a little bit. Need to soften you a little bit. You know what the Bible describes as wisdom? Here is Jesus. He describes wisdom like this in the Sermon on the Mount at the very end. He that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, will I liken unto a wise man. He that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, I will liken unto a foolish man. The test is, when the fire comes, will you stay true to God? Think about the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. A literal fire sitting right in front of them. A test of their faith. And Nebuchadnezzar says, here is a fire. If you don't bow down, if you don't stop trusting your God and do what I say, I'm going to throw you into the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we are not careful to answer thee. They said, we're not going to mince words. We're going to get right to the point. We know that our God, he can deliver us. But if not, we will still not bow down and worship. They said, we will still trust God. You know, we need that kind of patience, endurance. The, the word patience in the Bible more connotates this idea of endurance, of continuing to stay on the right path. For those of you that are runners, you know that experience of wanting to stop, wanting to quit, wanting to turn around. You know, I've, I've made mention of this before. When I, when I go running, I try not to run in a loop and run around and around and around because it's too easy to stop in the middle. You know, a treadmill. I don't run on treadmills because I know that I'm going to quit. So when I run, I run away. I run away because I know, all right, I still got to run back. I still got I, I to take the course. There's no shortcuts here. There are no shortcuts with wisdom. You just got to stay on the course. Let me encourage you, if you're a young person today, maybe you're a teenager here, hey, praise, first of all, praise the Lord for parents who will bring you to church. Amen? Hey, praise the Lord for that. 
you know, stay on the right track. Hey, don't get off track. Hey, when your middle school, high school, and college friends tell you, hey, this is the thing that we're going to do, and we're going to do this, and you should do that, you stay on the right track. You say, this is what the Bible says, this is what I'm going to do, because I want wisdom, and I want a fruitful life. I want to reap a great harvest, so I'm going to stay on the right track. God, will you give me wisdom? If you need to turn up the heat, turn it up, so that I can have a wise uh, life, and so that I can have a fruitful harvest. Hey, if you're in college today, Hey, don't let your college friends tempt you away from the Lord. Don't let the environment pull you away from God. Just say, you know what? I'm a believer. I still believe God. I believe His Word. I want to be wise. I want to be fruitful. I'm going to stay faithful. Amen? That's what we need. Hey, if you're a young person, you're a single person, I know that there's a, you know, you're working now, you have some independence, you got some money, you have some free time. There's a lot of things that you might enjoy and a lot of things that you might do, but if you want a fruitful life, you need to be wise, be faithful. Amen. You need to be faithful. You need to stay with the Lord. And you'll have some friends that say, hey, we're going to go do this. Hey, we're going to go drinking. And we're going to go party. And we're going to go have some fun. And we're going we're gonna to do these things. And we're going to watch this movie. And we're going to do all of these sorts of things. But if you want a fruitful harvest, you need to be wise and say, you know what? I'm still going to trust God. I'm still going to trust God that I should not lay any wicked thing before my eyes. I'm still going to trust God when it talks about drinking. I'm still going to trust God when it talks about the temptations and sin and, and relationships and all of these sorts of things. If you want a fruitful life, you need to be wise, be faithful. Hey, praise the Lord for those of you that are single for a life connection teacher who invests in your life. Who's making time to, he's taking time out of his family to invest in your life. I, I praise the Lord for all the life connection leaders. Hey, they're thinking about you. They're praying for you. Hey, you ever receive a text message from your Life Connection leader? Some of you are like, he's never texted. I'm sure he's texted all of you. You just didn't see it. Maybe you ignored it and, and you looked at it and you forgot to respond. I'm sure every single one of you has gotten a Life Connection teacher to text to you. Hey, praise the Lord for that. They're looking out for you. Hey, they want you to be wise. They want you to be faithful. That's how we get wise. To obey God and to continue to do it. It's so easy to think, you know what, I can just get off the track and get right back on. But I think if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've seen too many people get off track and stay off track. Hey, Christian, don't get off track. Stay on track. Stay with the Lord. Continue to be patient. Continue to endure. Continue to follow God. Because you want wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2, verse number 1. Here is Solomon, regarded as the wisest man. And he wrote the book of Proverbs. And he's writing to his son. Imagine having this man as your dad. The wisest man in the world. How do you argue against that? Right? Can you imagine being your child and trying to outwit your dad and your dad's the wisest person in the world? Uh, he's going to win every time, right? But this is Solomon. And he's writing. He says, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Really, it comes back to this. How badly do you want fruit? 
how badly do you want the fruit? Will determine how badly you want the wisdom. How badly you want the wisdom will determine how willing you are to be faithful, to continue, to stay, to keep on trusting God. Now, how badly do you want fruit in your life, in your family, in your relationships? How badly do you want some fruit there? Some good fruit between a husband and a wife. Some good fruit between a parent and a child. Some good fruit in your church. Maybe some good fruit between you and some friends. You and some lost relatives. Or you and your co-workers. How badly do we want the good fruit? You know, if we want the good fruit, we're going to need some wisdom. And God wants to give it to you. But he just might have to turn up the heat a little bit. Let me encourage you all. Let's stay faithful. Let's continue. Hey, next Sunday, hey, let's be here again. Amen? Amen. Let's be here again. And the Sunday after that, let's be here. Amen. And the Sunday after that, and the Sunday after that, hey, let's continue to be faithful. Hey, when you read your Bible, read your Bible every day, every morning. You know, I introduced the, some, some curriculum to, the, to Brother Dave's class, the Life Connections class, you know, just to be a help. You know, I, I, I have a separate thing, but I, I really enjoy doing that, opening it up, reading it. Sometimes it's just eight verses out of the book of Psalms, you know, 10 verses, 13 verses, even short passages. Get into your Bible every day, though. It'll help you. You know, staying consistently in the Bible each and every day. Pray each and every day. You know, I keep my prayer sheet in the binder with a devotion thing. So it's right there. Hey, I'm going to do my devotions, and I'm going to pray. Hey, let's keep on praying. Let's keep on reading our Bible. Let's continue to be faithful. Let's continue to obey God's word and gain wisdom and see the fruit. Let's pray.